Hey, it's Rob from successunlock.com and welcome to the podcast. This is the show for you to listen to if you want to build a happier, more confident, fulfilled and truly successful life, whatever success means to you. This week, I'm joined by Dave Algio, an expert in the world of cabbages. Well, cabbages and stress management. That'll all make sense as we get further into the episode. This week, we're going to be talking all about the importance of coping with stress and the demands of life and work and everything that it throws at it. And Dave has a really cool approach to this that I'm excited for him to share with you. Oddly enough, a few months ago, I actually did my own episode about stress and revealed eight tactics that I've used to help cope with stress in a better way. And I even joked that I might burst into song and sing, let's talk about stress, baby, like the old salt and pepper song. It turns out that Dave actually went as far as recording a music video of Let's Talk About Stress Baby. I will, of course, put a link to that in the show notes, which I'll tell you how you can find later on in this episode. Now, before we dive in, I've got something for free that I would absolutely love to give you. I'm a big believer that the thoughts that we have about ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves can either really propel us forward to help us achieve the things that we want, or they can hold us back and they can stop us in life. So I put together a worksheet, a free exercise that you can do to help you identify those limiting beliefs and replace them with more positive and empowering stories instead. If you want to grab that, it's totally free. Just head over to successunlock.com forward slash resources and you can download that and there's a whole bunch of other stuff on there as well. That's successunlock.com forward slash resources. But for now, let's start the show. This is Success Unlocked, where we uncover what it really takes to become the happiest, most confident, motivated, and truly fulfilled version of yourself, with advice and inspiration to create your own extraordinary life. Whatever success means to you, it's waiting just around the corner. Dave, man, welcome to Success Unlocked. How's it going? It's great, mate. How are you? It's all good. It's all good. First thing, though, before before I go into any further, how on earth did you find out about that video? Let's talk about stress. <laughs> <laughs> a journalist, I think, contacted me and said, oh, have you seen it? Oh, I'm only kidding. Um, so I will, of course, put the link to that because you've left it on YouTube, of all things, or somebody's put it on YouTube anyway. Yeah, I thought it'd been, I recorded that God knows how long ago and I thought it was buried in me in the depth of my channel, but somehow it still rears its ugly head every so often. Absolutely it's so bad, it. it's dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dreadful, it's good. I, I think it's great. I watched it before this. I'm, I'm dead excited. Just what, what a weird thing that we both thought of that. Anyway... <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yeah. Dead excited to have you, you here. Um, we're going to be talking about stress and we're going to talk about how you can cope with that a little bit better. And you've got some really great yeah. approaches to understanding what stress is and how we can deal with it. Because this is the thing, we can't avoid stress. It's going to come at us because things are going to happen that are well outside of our control and we have to be able to do something about it. So before we get into chatting about stress, I ask every guest this, I'd love to know, success is really weird because it's like this undefined thing that means something totally different for, to everybody. So in your world, what is your definition of success? What does success mean to you? I've been through this over years trying to kind of capture what it is. And I, I, the more that I think about this, the more that I work on it, I've come to realize that success isn't an outcome. It's not a thing. It's not a where I get to. Their measures, their milestones are even sort of... Um, you know, snapshots of where you might be. But for me, it's it's the moment by moment mini successes. Now, I, we might get into, you know, breaking down things down and um, talk about the cabbages in due course. But for me, actually, it's it's a moment where I do something that's good for me or that it that is the right thing at that time. So it might be, you know, getting out for some exercise. It might be um, sitting down and actually working on a book or sitting down and taking time to meditate, whatever it is, you know, those moments of, uh, of things that tend to get pushed to the side in the drive 
to meet other people's needs or whatever. For me, those moments are the key parts of success because all we have really is the moment right in front of us um, and right here, right now. And sometimes we, in this bid for success, we kind of sacrifice those moments to chase this future thing. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm all for having goals and having an outcome and going in a direction that you want to go. But what about the moment right here, right now? And I found that I spent too much of my life being in that mindset of it'll be better when. One of the things that you said really resonates is that we tell ourselves stories and those stories can either further, like move us forward or they can hold us back or torment us and torture us, you know, whatever. Um, and I think that's absolutely true. What are the stories we tell ourselves? And for me, the big story was it'll be better when. It'll be better when I pay that debt off, when I get that job, when I get promoted, when I leave the police, when I do this, it'll be all better. And actually, there's always an it'll be better when. And actually, it's about getting the mindset of what about right now? Be here right now. And that's kind of success in a nutshell for me is in that moment, am I choosing to do something that is genuinely for me or for whatever needs to be done right now and not always chasing the the image in the future the dream the whatever yes work towards it but remember that right now counts i think that's so important what a great approach so let's find let's dig into this stress thing what found what has actually brought you to this place where you decided that you wanted to speak and coach and train and help people to deal with stress better yeah, well, you mentioned coping, and I think that's such a massive part of, of life, and it has a bit of a negative connotation. I'm just coping, I'm getting through, you know, I'm getting by. But actually, it's such an integral part to life. And for somebody who's managed anxiety the majority of my life, um, I wouldn't say I'm cured, but I kind of am a lot more positively positive in the way I manage it. That was always a, a real challenge for me. And then as a police officer on top, I was kind of dealing with all sorts of things and working with lots of different people. And the experiences that I had in there in, in, you know, being somebody who managed anxiety and, and still drove and pushed myself, um, and somebody who worked in that kind of environment, um, I, I realized that, you know, we human beings have an amazing, amazing capacity to cope and get through. We all have a breaking point and there are things that push us beyond that, but we have this amazing capacity to cope. And one of the things I always say is permission to be human. Let's not forget that. We're not machines. We're not cars. We're not perfect. And actually, we probably drive ourselves a lot harder than we would our car, for example. You know, we'll treat our car with a bit more respect than sometimes we do ourselves. And that's where coping comes in because we often, we all cope, but what are we doing to in order to cope? And for me, for a lot of years, in order to cope, i.e. get through, I did a number of things. And typical of a potentially a northern bloke, I'd just shut the F up and get on with it. Uh, drink, alcohol was a, a key part of that coping strategy because it had blocked out emotions and time and that kind of thing. And, you know, other things like work hard, block out the things that were really, really emotionally and psychologically important. And I think that's the thing. So for me, coping is the key word. And I always ask at the beginning of sessions, um, how are you coping? Not whether you, you are, co are you coping, but how are you coping? What are you doing in order to cope? And that question is what is at the root of everything that really I feel motivated to drive. It's, it's, I ask myself it at key times, but I'm also, when I'm coaching or speaking or training, that is the key the key question. How are you coping? What are you doing in order to cope? Are you using strategies that are more negative or harmful? Or are you doing things that are, you know, more positive and moving you in the right direction and proactive? Do you figure that there's like a healthy level of stress? There's a level of stress that helps us in any sense? Or is it the moment something becomes what we'd consider stressful, it's a bad thing? 
Yeah, this is the problem with the word stress, isn't it? Because that's the problem. It's stress is it good or bad or whatever? Stress is a, is just a thing. It's a response. And this is why I always like to step away from the word stress. Ironically, I'm the stressed guru, but I use that as a bit of an ironic um, sort of nod to it. Stress is a thing. It's a response. It's the physical, emotional, psychological response to stimuli. And those stimuli, those demands can be good and not so good. And it's that response is what keeps us alive. The fact that we are sitting here breathing means we're in a state of stress. It's when it becomes too acute, too extreme in the moment, or it's too low level or higher level chronic and it's ongoing that it becomes problematic. It's when we start to feel the strain. And I, I prefer the word strain, to be honest. Um, it's that feeling of, you know, we've all been to the gym or been out for a run and we've felt the strain in our legs and muscles. Now, that's good for us. We need a certain amount of strain to thrive and to grow. And it's the same emotionally and psychologically. We need challenge and adversity and we need things to work towards and overcome because it's good for us. However, we can overdo it. I can lift too heavy a weight in the gym and I can pull a muscle or I can just not rest enough and I'm constantly training and training and overtraining. And it's the same psychologically and emotionally. If I am carrying too much for too long, then it's not a case of being weak. It's not a case of being pathetic. It's a case of overstressing, overstraining the system. And that's the key part. So strain for me is a better word than stress because you're right. Stress is, it's just a thing. One person's stimulus is another person's stressor, you know? So it's kind of, that's where that word can be problematic, you know? I think strain's really good as a word as well because you can tell that strain has a thing where something becomes too strained and it all becomes too yeah. much. It all becomes yeah. too difficult. So let's yeah. talk about yeah. let's talk about cabbages and the, <laughs> right. the impact they have on our stress or at least the approach that you take to this. Yeah, well, this is this this is a. It started out as a bit of a, an, a daft idea when I was researching around stress and getting the grips with this idea of feeling the strain. And I had this image. You're too young for this, Rob, but um, I am old enough to remember a program called Crackerjack. Some of you now will be shouting at the microphone, at the speakers, going "Crackerjack" because that's what you do when you hear that. Some of you are far too young. To, I've heard <laughs> to of it. Know what I'm I've heard about. of it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Actually, they're bringing it back on the telly, apparently. But basically, it was a kids' program years ago, and they used to have a game on there called Cabbages and Kings, or Double or Drop. And this image came into my mind of a, ch a kid holding a bunch of toys. You know, they were being asked questions from um, the quiz master, and if they got a question right, they'd get a toy. And that toy would be, they would have to hold it. And the idea was to build up as many good toys, you know, the, the good stuff. But if they got a question wrong or dropped something, they'd get a cabbage. Now, three cabbages and you were out. Now, that image just for some reason just resonated with me. And I tried it out in the early days in workshops where I'd get somebody up and I'd say, right, we have demands. Talked about them before. We have good demands in life, good stimuli. Um, and these are represented by these cuddly toys. So if you imagine, you know, we're on stage or wherever, and we're hand, I'm handing out cuddly toys. And the cuddly toys are represent things like um, time out with my friends, you know, uh, holidays, um, relationships, um, a hobby, you know, that, those kinds of, a sense of achievement, those kinds of things are the cuddly toys. They're the positive things, but they still take a bit of energy and they're demanding. But we associate them, our stories in our head are associate those, they, we tell positive stories around those demands. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So then we have to bring in the cabbages and just uh, if we're on video, I've got my little fake cabbage here. Um, we have the cabbages and the cabbages rec represent the negative demands. And sometimes we'll choose a cabbage in order to get a positive outcome. So <clears throat> say, for example, I want to run a marathon. Um, I'm going to have to pick some cabbages up and go out for some training runs. I might not 
I might not like running, but I'm going to pick up these cabbages willingly. But there are others that are thrust upon us, which are a deadline perhaps, or, you know, bullying or, or a, a relationship declining, those kinds of things, negative money worries. Those are the cabbages that we might not choose. But if we imagine then this, we're holding these positive cabbages, uh, cuddly toys, and then so we start to collect up these cabbages. You can imagine the pile is getting bigger and bigger, can't you? Right. You can picture that. Now, that's where we start to feel the strain because, you know, as human beings, we can carry so much, but for how long and how much are the questions? And that's when we start, as we feel strain, we start to cope in ways that may be positive, may be negative. So a positive way may be, well, I'm going to put them down for a while and have a rest. A negative way might be, I'm just going to hang on to them tight and keep going, keep going, keep going. But there is something else, because I, I often talk about this, that um, you talked about stories, and there is one cabbage that is particularly smelly, particularly rotten, and I call it the smelly cabbage of self-sabotage, a.k.a. self-cabotage. Um, and it's the smelly <laughs> cabbage that if we take it on, I mean, let's be right, if, you, if you're sitting listening to this thing, how many of you have that voice inside you that is very, very willing when under pressure to stick the knife in, to boot, stick the boot in, to, to be negative, to be critical, to be hard on you, to, to stick a bit of guilt in there. Why not? You're not good enough. You know, all those voices that we have, imposter syndrome, that's self-sabotage or self-cabotage. Now, if we have that smelly cabbage of self-cabotage and we add it to the pile of cabbages, what's going to happen to the rest of those cabbages? It's going gonna, it's gonna to go off. Yeah, yeah, it's going to infect them and, and affect mm. them. So what that pile, we're coping as best we can. We add in a bit of self-cabotage and suddenly everything becomes smellier, more rotten. Things go off. We start to feel like it's even heavier and it's more unpleasant than it is. And actually it is because things are becoming, you know, we, we're really, really starting to struggle. And that's where, for me, that's the strain. That's when we start to feel real psychological strain and emotional strain. And we are at risk then of starting to cope in ways that are negative rather than positive because we're all human let's be right we've all come in from work and thought oh god i need a beer or a glass of wine or you know um you know just just order a takeaway you know it's lovely but if we do that you know rather than cooking healthy meals all the time then that's that's going to be a problem or you know sleep can i can i can sleep when i'm dead i'll just work through and, and deal with it you know those kinds of things um very might be seemingly useful in the short term but over the medium to long term cumulatively they'll have a lot more they'll cause a lot more damage and is the key here to prevent this from getting this way or is it just to be able to bounce back from it really quickly well i think permission to be human we'll find ourselves in all sorts of different places won't we i mean for me it was how do i recover from burnout and i work with a lot of people around this psychological and emotional burnout and for me ideally i'd love to help people prevent that and you, you know, how do we learn to prevent that? It's about firstly having this visual that we understand stress is not for the weak. It's not for a particular person. We're all in a state of stress, which is not a, not a bad thing. It's when we start to feel the strain and in order to prevent it, we need to spot it happening. So for me, it's about, again, I use the analogy of fruit and vegetables. You know, when a, you pick up some tomatoes, you know, when they're going bad, don't you? They're, they're squidgy, they're rotten, they're smelly. Um, and there are signs for us as human beings when we start to feel the strain or we start to struggle. You know, we might start to get the cold sore, feel run down, tired, start getting snappy and bad-tempered or emotionally cold and withdrawn. There's lots of different signs. But if we can tune into those, then we have the the awareness to then say, right, I've caught myself in the act here. What can I do about it? And it's the action we take after that that gives us a better chance to 
avoid burnout to prevent or at least just help ease the burden, you know, to, to, to cope more positively, to switch into a positive coping strategy rather than a negative. So I guess the answer is it's ideal if we can prevent, but knowing humans as I do, being one of them, we often, because we're too stressed to notice we're stressed, we end up on the other side of that and we find ourselves carrying a bunch of cabbages and thinking, what what's happened here? How did that happen? That makes so, sense. I, and I suppose yeah. there's there's a certain element of having to accept or acknowledge weakness, I suppose. I, I'm doing air quotes there when I say weakness. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. If 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 you if you're not coping and you think everybody else around you just is. Ah, uh, that's 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 such a this is this thing, isn't it? it? It's this why am I the only one that's not coping here? Right. And the reality is we're all fighting battles that nobody knows anything about and that's the truth we're all we all have our stories and our core narratives that are telling us different things and some of those some of us will be, have more positive ones granted you know naturally we do or we've learned but many of us put on the facade of coping and actually we're not and this idea of weakness is the challenge isn't it because it's for me actually it's you know if you've been coping for an incredibly long time with an incredible amount of things then you're incredibly strong what we're doing is we're using our strength in the wrong direction. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Right. Uh, like our, we have, as human beings, we have an amazing capacity to cope. We're amazingly strong, but we'll often use that energy, that strength in ways that do us more harm than good. So constant persistent worry is using that strength, that energy in, in worrying and worrying and worrying persistently. And it doesn't actually do anything constructive. Right. A friend of mine, Paul McGee, the sumo guy, talks about worthwhile worry or worthless worry. There is worry that's worthwhile. Like, I've got to go on a journey tomorrow. I better, right, what am I going to wear? Where I get the route planned and that kind of That's worthwhile worry. But worthless worry is when it's just, I can't do anything about it or I'm worrying about something that's totally out of my control. And that's when we use that energy, that strength in the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? Totally get it. Uh, so let's imagine we've identified the fact that we're not gonna, we're not coping in a in a very well, and things are going to get yep. too much. We can feel that strain. What can we start to do to start to dissipate that and and help with those smelly cabbages? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the first thing is being aware of your signs, and that could be a journey in itself. You know, asking loved ones what the signs are. But the second thing is, um, I again, I'm going to go back to vegetables and cooking, and fruit, is to remove from heat. Remove the pan from heat, even if it's for 30 seconds or five minutes or 10 minutes or half an hour or go for a walk or, you know, put the kettle on or take half a day off, whatever it is, but take yourself away from the heat because we have evolved with this fight or flight mechanism for stress to... That, that primitive part of our brain will keep us in high stress when we're facing the things that are causing us that stress. Um, so if I was facing a saber-toothed tiger, then my mind is not going to say, all right, calm down, relax. It's going to say, run away or hit that with something very big. And, you know, it's going to keep me in high stress. So if I can run away and hide, then I've got a chance to come back down. So it's not about avoidance. It is about creating some distance. So that's the number one thing. And and we all know this stuff. We all know this. It's just doing it. So I often like think these metaphors removed from heat um, are just ways of put, bringing a smiley face, but remembering to do what you already know to do. Remove from heat. And then the next thing I often think is let's physiologically bring ourselves down. So I talk about the rescue breath and the rescue breath is there's lots of different variations. Um, 
the good thing about your breath is it's generally always with you, isn't it? So it's not a good day if you don't have Can't it. Leave it. Um, but it's always with you. So, and, and the beauty of it is if you can manage to control your breath, you can rein in your stress response. So breathe in for two, hold your breath for two, breathe out for four. And do that slowly. You start to rein in the stress. And then I have a question that we need to ask ourselves, which is really important because I bet you and everybody out there has on occasion when stressed overreacted. Right. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's probably a few people going, yeah, 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 I've overreacted. I press send on an email. I should never press send on all those things. And I always say, right, once you've stepped away, once you've brought your the breathing back down and your sense of calm a little bit more, then ask yourself the question, is what I'm stressing about, is it cabbage or is it sprout? Because how often is it? It's not the big things that we blow off and overreact at. It's the little things, isn't it? It's the sprout size things. Right. And we've all done it. And the thing is, we end up sweating those sprouts. We end up sweating the small things and expending so much emotional energy on the small stuff whilst the cabbages are in the pile going rotten. So that's the first three. is remove from heat, rescue breath, cabbage or sprout. If what you've just stressed about is a sprout, don't sweat that sprout. Step away and pick some cabbages to focus on. And that's when I would start to say, right, the best way to make cabbage soup is slice this cabbage up and put it in a pan. You don't put a full cabbage in the pan and, and expect it to come out nice. It's the same with our problems. One of the things that we often do is we'll look at the cabbages and go, oh, can it handle it? It's too much, too big. I can't deal with it. And you've got that smelly cabbage self-sabotage chucking in there saying, yeah, you're rubbish, you can, what's the point? You're hopeless, you'll never do it, never works out. Who, who are you to think you can? But the reality is we only ever make progress by slicing a cabbage down, chunking it into sprout-sized steps. And those sprout-sized steps are the sprouts we need to sweat. So it's a question of, are you sweating the right sprouts at any given time? When you're stressing, chances are you're sweating the wrong sprout. You're sweating about that email where it's sent you up the wall or that comment from somebody, or you're just, you know, you, 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 you're sweating the wrong sprouts by scrolling endlessly through Facebook because you can't face the cabbages. At any given time, am I sweating the right sprouts? And if the answer is no, right, what are those sprouts that I need to sweat? What's the smelliest cabbage I need to deal with right now? And that could be a relationship issue. It could be a financial issue. It could be sales, you know, not getting enough sales. It could be anything. But let's get that cabbage out and let's constructively slice it down into its component parts and chunk it into tasks. And those tasks could be five, or I'm going to work five minutes on that. That's all my head can manage. I'm just going to work five minutes and think about what I need to do. Or I'm going to ring such and such, or I'm going to do A, B, and C. You're sweating the right sprouts in that moment. And that's what helps bring us back into a sense of control. I love it. There's such a great approach and there's so much great advice in this for people listening and me. I think this is absolutely brilliant. And I was so excited to have you come on the podcast and, and share this. To wrap up this episode, you've shared so much great advice in this. I'd love to know, big question for you. What's the best piece of personal development advice that somebody's given you and who was that person? Oh, God, right. Um, I, I've had such a lot and I've got a, I've got a lot of coaches and mentors and, and people that I've, you know, I've read loads about. I think it, it comes back to, uh, you know, actually, I'm going to give a shout out to me coach, Ron Lawson, Dr. Ron Lawson, who um, I've worked with a long time and and um, he's just a great bloke, great coach, great speaker. And, and he would say to me, um, Dave, the work is already done. The work's done. The hard work is done. And I would kind of think, what are you on about? I've got lots to do, man. I've got this, that, and the other do. But what, what he was kind of saying was, <sighs> 
you're putting so much effort into every moment and you're forgetting about the fact that right here, right now, if you're choosing to do something, even if it is work in air quotes, then you have a choice to engage in that moment and enjoy it. And then select the stuff that is going to grind you into the ground versus the stuff that actually you get joy from. And it's, I suppose, I don't know if you've talked about it in some of the previous episodes, but about choosing the stuff that brings you joy and trying to stop doing or delegate or outsource the other stuff. And for me, that's the key part is to recognize that there is only this moment. There is only the sprout right in front of you and the work's already done. Stop grinding away at it. Stop that self-sabotage chewing away at you and just enjoy the moment right in front of you. And I think that's, that, that advice has come in lots of different ways, but that, that particular phrase has resonated with me. And I'm guessing there'll be so many people out there who've flogged themselves and are flogging themselves, working so hard to get somewhere. And the goals are great, but actually it's about what we're doing in the process and how are we spending the moments, the sprout size moments right here, right now. The hard work's already done. You don't need to prove yourself. You don't need to earn your stripes. You don't need to be worthy or valid in this world. You already are just do and be in the moment right now. And that's what that message is for me, you know. Absolutely love that. Dave, if people want to find you and all of your stuff and find out more and follow you and maybe even see a video uh, of you, <laughs> where, tell us where can we find you? Uh, not the not the let's talk about stress baby video. Please don't check that out. No, um, I'm I've got my website stressedguru.com. Stressed as in stressed out. Stressedguru.com, and you can email me Dave at stressedguru.com. Loads of resources there. Loads of links, and I'm happy to share some um, you know additional little ebooks and audio recordings and and what have you for anybody that does want to make a start on that journey. Really, of getting your head back. <laughs> I love it, Dave. Man, thank you so much for joining us on the Cheers, podcast. Thank you. How cool was that? We're going to put the links to Dave Web's, Dave's website and everything else that you want to check out over in the show notes, which you can find full notes on this at successunlock.com forward slash cabbages. That's successunlock.com forward slash cabbages. That's where you'll find the show notes for this episode. I mean, what else could it possibly be? If you've enjoyed this episode, and I know you have, just take a moment or two to leave me a quick review on your favorite podcast player, whether that's Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever it's called this week or anywhere else. Five stars and some lovely words would go a mile in helping us to spread the word and get more people listening to this stuff. Uh, again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well. There's a brand new episode every single Wednesday like clockwork. And if you subscribe, then you won't miss out on anything, will you? So go ahead and do that as well. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. I'll see you right back here, same time, same place next week for another episode of Success Unlocked. You've been listening to Success Unlocked. Don't forget to stop by at successunlocked.com for full notes and resources from this and every other episode. Then subscribe so that you don't miss out on anything.